Today's podcast is part two of a longer conversation we started last week. So we're going to pick up right in the middle of the conversation. If you haven't listened to last week's podcast, you might want to do so before you join us. Uh, thanks very much for listening. So I want to I want to say something about um, what Travis has been sort of sort of voce saying since the top of the podcast. You've kind of been saying this argument isn't worth my time, but uh, and and I'm taking it seriously only because Seth and Stephen, you want to talk about this, but this is kind of this is kind of prima facie ridiculous. So let me uh, let me. Tweak that a little bit and say it's worth my time because it's worth your time, and I mean that sincerely. No, I know that. I know that. I, know, I don't doubt that about you. But but you but you also yeah. saying but you're also saying this is ridiculous. Come on. Yes, I think that this mm-hmm, argument mm-hmm. is 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 just flat wrong. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I feel you. Here's the here's the thing. I'm completely just so you know. I'm completely okay with you doing that. Like if you had come into the into the argument, guns blazing, saying, this is, some, this is a pile of horse shit, and I'm going to tell you why. <laughs> I'd have been cool with that. Um, you know, just for future reference. I actually find myself, now that, I've, now that we're talking about this, I find myself surprised that I would pick this then to talk about, because I actually don't like polemics. And I'm mm-hmm. thinking here specifically about something, I'm not going to remember this guy's name, but he's an activist in... Um, in 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 the uh, conversations around racial justice, says something about dismissing someone's. I think it was an elected official, uh, an elected representative's uh, opinion on something by saying, "Oh, that's just the politics of politeness" or something like that. And I wanted to say, first of all, that's stupid because politeness doesn't have a politics. Like that's mm. not. They don't. Those terms don't meet. Mm. Um, Politeness mm. is a kind of is a kind of learned behavior and a kind of social tool to to sort of uh, 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 grease the wheels of social interaction. But there's no politics involved. There's no necessarily there's no no set actions that uh, um, by which to negotiate power necessarily. Mm-hmm. And then I think of uh, <laughs> another polemic polemic by um, like by. Um, the, what's it, Hannah, Hannah Black, who when Dana Schutz uh, had the painting in the um, Whitney Biennial, right uh, around the Emmett, uh, around uh, that was um, modeled on Emmett Till's um, broken body in a casket, and she called for it to be destroyed. She, she said that that's what she said, and and a whole bunch of people who in the art scene who were receptive to her idea. Made excuses like, well, what she's, she's not really calling for his destruction or the people get off, people get sidetracked by that. But the, the crux of her argument is this other thing over here. And um, what I'm, what I would argue, Stephen, in contradistinction to what you've suggested is that polemics actually don't make us smarter. They make us more stupid because they force mm. us to, they force us into positions where we have to, I mean, Hannah Black basically said you have to but, destroy this painting, and then, and then, so people, so people, right? Maybe you say should, they should know. Seth, what, just to just for the listeners, why don't you gloss the the Hannah Black uh, mm-hmm. incident? Ha- ha- so. Well, Hannah Hannah Black is a is a woman of color who's a pink, I think, based in Berlin. She's an artist who does 
I want, well, she does a bunch of things, but I think she does performance work. Uh, I saw something. Is she just a black woman? When you said women may, of color, I like I, I like I think, specificity. I, yeah, no, I hear you. <laughs> uh, to be honest with you, I'm not sure. I think she's mixed. Mm-hmm. I've seen pictures of her. Okay. So I don't know how to properly identify her. I can't even say African-American because I don't know that she's from the U.S. I'm sort of joking, I, I, but I'm like, what is her last name? <laughs> no, just <laughs> well, right. Well, right. But still, I mean, she could be I'm German. just joking, yeah. Right, she could yeah. be anything, yeah. Right, it just makes exactly. me laugh, yeah. So, um... So it says a black identified biracial artist is how Hannah Black describes herself. Okay. okay. Wunderbar. Perfect. So she uh, uh, put out a manifesto, uh, uh, I think a written, I think even written form, electronic maybe. Um, I think she published it in like art form. A, a long screed basically saying that Dana Schutz, who's a white artist, a woman mm-hmm. artist who... She's been painting for a long time, and she's actually quite. She's a she's a good painter. She's I've seen her I've seen uh, her work, and it's compelling. It's it's visually mm. just extravagant and and just full of energy. Um, painted a, a piece. I don't remember the name of the piece, but it 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 depicts um, a, a kind of distorted version of Emmett Till um, in his funeral casket. Emmett Till open, was open casket is the name of it. Thank yes. you. Open mm-hmm. casket. Yeah. And people were outraged by the painting. There was a lot of brouhaha around it. Uh, Hannah Black came out with his manifesto saying, among other things, we should destroy this painting so that it doesn't end up in anybody's um, collection. So it doesn't end up, nobody ends up profiting from it because they'd essentially be profiting from black paint. And the, and the painting is essentially exploitive. And you think that that's a polemic? You, yes. Okay, okay. Yes, I want to hold on to that. I think that yes. I really would love to break out that po- uh, polemics and politics of uh, politeness in another, um, another maybe an upcoming Epis- aesthetics, yeah, because I think it's sure, really kind sure, of yeah, to sure. think about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, I thought that yeah. you ain't got to destroy it. Just, you know, not even really take it down. I think sometimes those pieces are really useful for conversations, different kinds of conversations. And so, so is that true when people are shutting down conversations though? That's my point. Like she well, was she, what she was trying to do was say, and actually I actually really uh, I admire that in some ways like uh, some of the things I want to do in life is I want to close down conversations. Like I want to close down the conversation about artist intention because that's just it's just a waste of fucking time. Like you know, but as a critic from for you well as a as a human being like wearing my critic hat or not like i I don't i don't want to have another conversation about artist intention about with regard to to to, um art objects it's just Mm -hmm. okay it's kind of silly um but she is trying to close down a conversation that is not ready to be closed down Mm -hmm. you cannot preemptively just say yeah. we mm-hmm. should destroy work full stop. No, she didn't do that. I'm not being fair. But she that was the crux of her piece. Mm-hmm. What the hell? That doesn't make us smarter. That doesn't that doesn't make no. me go away and think and think um more insightfully about the relationship of aesthetics to so- our our politics. Yeah, I actually I have a response, but I I kind of jumped in and we got derailed. Stephen, you were in the midst of saying something when I when 
when I said, but I feel like it shuts down conversations. You were right in the midst of saying something. I want to make sure. Right. Thank you very much for that because I didn't um, remember exactly what I was going to say, but what it connects to that right now, which is this idea, it doesn't necessarily shut it down. uh, Polemics don't. So, but Mm -hmm. that's a great example of when they, when someone wants to. So, Mm -hmm. so it doesn't necessitate, it's not implicitly, um, you know, at the wall or the last page of the book. It is really how people respond to it. And it really is informed by that cultural moment to me. Mm -hmm. Like I would have never done that as an artist or as a thinker to tell someone they needed to, we should destroy someone's work. That is very fascist to me and very stupid. So. So does Hannah Black give her work away for free? Does Hannah Black want to make some money from her work? That's a good, that's a damn good question. Uh, I don't know. I, cause I do not follow her career at all. So because if if she wants to sell her work, that means that her work is that that the unit of exchange for underlying the value of that work and supporting her and making that work possible is essentially fungible. Right. That's Mm -hmm. that's capital. That's money. Mm -hmm. And and that that if you want to if if you if we want to come back to our Marxist argument, that abstraction that degradation of the work and as a reduction to capital is in fact the monstrous is the monstrosity that marxism is rejecting right that it it takes the workers uh essence right i mean it, i mean essentially you're 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 divorcing the human from human productions uh and so it, in that way I, like a, a Hannah Black and, and Dana Schutz, I don't know either one of them, obviously. I know about this because you've actually mentioned this to me once before in a conversation. Uh-huh. And so it kind of right. tickled something. And so this, these are two elites that are squabbling over – now, maybe Schutz doesn't have any part of this. I don't know. But they're, they're squabbling over who should be buying and looking at their work. These are This is an elite – argument this is an elite preoccupation and and i think to 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 say that i am somewhat sympathetic to what i feel is the underlying uh and most valuable aspect of a marxist critique uh is to kind of go back and and poke a little bit at what uh at what steven uh which i appreciate that that you do but that i do find problematic not in you but just in general is the like you know call out is is it a white artist is it a black artist let's be specific about it like Mm. when when we are when we are labeling people at that level the handmade must be statistics always it must be statistical so if you if you are calling a billion humans black or a billion humans white the only way to interact with those people is statistically and that is potentially monstrous always it's mm. it's it's always a reduction i mean even though individuals may wear it in more creative um i'm sorry go ahead steven it looks like you're about to say something but i actually couldn't hear you no so to say so there's a, a, th- a thread through the different podcasts about this argument i'd love to to break it open again yet in another podcast because i don't think it's necessarily a reduction I mean, I don't even think that European or saying you're white is a reduction. It's what you really do with it. It's it's the actions that we're actually talking about here. So culturally identifying is not an issue to me. Yeah, so I I totally agree that an individual can wield these terms in creative, productive, dynamic, 
uh, beneficial ways. Absolutely, I we would have no disagreement about that at all. Um, but but they are not the only ones using it, right? In fact, these these monikers are deployed much more powerfully, I would argue, by institutions and institutional frameworks, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. and and are not ultimately beneficial for people. I, I will, I don't want to get too sidetracked, but I would, I would use this as an example of, I was at a conference with someone that, uh, was from, I believe it was El Salvador, but it, no, I'm sorry, it was Guatemala. And he was talking about when he moved to the United States, um, and he lives in Charlotte and he found a, um, a Latin American grocery store. And he was initially very, this guy's an anthropologist, and he was initially very excited because he was able to get all of these foods from home that he would not have otherwise gotten access to. And then, but he said over time, he started to resent um, the description because there is no Latin America. Latin America is an invention of Mm -hmm. the United Mm -hmm. States or Mm -hmm. the United States' imagination about a region of the world that is actually filled with a incredible diversity of cultures. Mm-hmm. And so like when we say something like black, we are literally, you are literally not you. We are literally talking about. So there's the diaspora aspect of it, which is already dizzyingly complicated, but you're talking about a continent, a continent of people like the, these are radically different cultures like that. I mean, that are just, I agree with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure you do. Like, how could you not like if you, I'm about to how say, there's not, no, I'm sorry, no, right. There's no, there's no argument there. That's all I had to say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I have other thoughts about it though. Um, so, so, so let me, if I may just jump in here. So what I think you kind of Travis, you, you're, you're more getting at and, and, and I think Stephen, you may be almost there too, is that, Essentially, the Marxist position is precisely that which can be used to dehumanize us by abstracting our experiences as ever only classed. Yeah, well said. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, basically, yeah. Well said. No, yeah. Yeah, I think it's a useful lens, but it can't be the lens. I think that maybe that's... Is that your issue, Travis? That it's sweeping... And it's not as specific enough for you and that it's the only way to kind of like see these issues. Yeah, I mean, it's that. And then I also um, I also very strongly reject that human beings are ever only their economic relations. I I just don't. That's just not my experience of human beings. It's just not. I just don't. I mean, the greediest motherfucker in the world isn't actually really after money. He's after something else. Right. No, I think he's after money. No, I'm just joking. No, no, no. I don't, know, I don't know what the fuck he's after. I don't know what I don't know what he's after. No, I don't no, have right. that generous perspective with that that Travis has. I don't no, have no. that generous perspective. No, no, but but you I think but underlying you can, maybe maybe. But but you nah, can but, come but, on. but you can not, uh, but you can maybe. But you can get this <laughs> like you can imagine that the guy may just be like making up for a really small penis, or maybe 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 making up for like his father never loving him. You know that kind of thing. Like that shit. Does happen. Of course it does happen. It doesn't mean it always happens. I mean, that's the thing, you know. (laughs) Agree. I feel like that's the strain of what I'm talking about today. So it doesn't have to be that way. Polemics, Yeah, anyway. (laughs) It's the coffee. (laughs) Well, 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 what, well, what, 
we're also getting at is that within these kinds of lenses, these political schemes, these ways of essentially intellectually organizing the world, within the Marxist scheme, there is no room for some of the things that are really powerfully motivating, like the things we just mentioned, getting the Mm -hmm. love of your father, having uh, 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 the kind of body that is attractive to to people you want to attract. What about romance? Like this is, this. I I remember I read this last night again and I wrote in the margins towards the end, what about romance? Because that's just not sort of of consequence within this scheme. Mm -hmm. Right? And and yet it's it's powerfully uh well this is why yeah I mean this is why the I mean if if we use romance I mean I don't think that this adequately describes it either but if we will of the other big 20th century frameworks if we will call romance you know largely describable even if not accurately so, of a Freudian worldview. I mean, this is why the Frankfurt School tried to put together Marx and Freud. I mean, this is Herbert Marcuse's work, I and mean, this is Adorno. They saw, you know, I mean, Freud was had one powerful interpretation and one lens on human behavior, and Marx had another, and mm-hmm. the Frankfurt School tried to put them together. Um, you know, I, I don't ultimately uh, fully agree with either one of them. I think my, you know, Stephen was saying that, you know, you take what you can from it. I... I want to be, and not even I want to, I am very open and sensitive and, in fact, uh, an opponent of the kind of large-scale abstractions that reduce workers to just workers, you know, like going in and like, you know, you need to improve your productivity minutes by, you know, 5% because the other people around, like, I get the inhumanity of that. I really do. It's an inhuman interaction. Um, I, I'm, I find things like office space and the office and, and those kind of, um, that point out the absurdities of that sort of environment, TPS reports and all this kind of stuff. Like I'm with that. And I, 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 I'm with that critique, and I think that that is connected to a Marxist critique. Uh-huh. But then they go wrong, and then therefore, and I would let me just say it more strongly. So they go wrong, and then make themselves irrelevant to the conversation when they want to reduce it all to economics. Mm, I just mm-hmm. don't, and mm-hmm. and and it's because I don't accept the underlying premise of of a Marxist critique, which is that our physical environments i.e. our economic conditions, define us as human mm-hmm. beings. I think the imagination mm-hmm. is a powerful oh, yeah. ingredient yeah. ingredient in, in helping us uh, make sense of what it means to be human. And mm-hmm. I think the Marxist critique, I mean, it basically just wants to say that's either false consciousness or part of the superstructure or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Stephen, you, th- you sounded yeah. like you were about to say yeah, something. Yeah, I, I thought you were about to say something. Oh, no, 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 no. I... Sorry. <laughs> you don't have to cut, guys have to cut this out. I mean, my face was going, I was thinking about my next appointment. <laughs> oh, <laughs> to be okay. honest, I'm just like going, okay, okay. And I heard what you going? said because I don't think that things should be reduced to someone's class either. Mm. Absolutely. Because there's, we're just too nuanced as, you know, and complicated as people. Um, yeah. It's a useful lens, but it's not the lens, as I mentioned before. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, mm-hmm. so, you, sh- so you should get going, huh? Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah. Right. yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, so I think I'm gonna I'm gonna encourage our, our production engineer to leave all of this in, so, so people can actually see. So th- this is the sausage, right? right? This is the stuff that. So right. we're willing to show you like right. what the workers are doing. So right. Exactly. It's not all hidden. Um, <laughs> the workers, so. the class workers, not the owners. The workers. <laughs> Damn. That's right. That's skippy. right. That's right. How romantic. Uh, so um, thank you as always for the conversation, and I'll, I'll talk to you guys. Thank you. Time. You guys take care. Bye bye. Okay.